This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-579-4967 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is 800-579-4967. 800-579-4967. So now we go to 1913. And guess who's just become the president of the United States? Blinky. And uh, he goes to the White House and he meets with President Taft who I think is the fat one with the bathtub, right? That was Taft, wasn't it? I think so. So the fat guy with the bathtub, he's meeting with Woodrow Wilson, and he introduces him to somebody that will change Woodrow Wilson's life, make him do a big the White House physician. Nobody knows that Woodrow Wilson is um, sick. And Taft had liked Grayson. He was the... um, the physician on the presidential yacht, uh, the Mayflower. Um, And then Taft said, he's great because I've gotten stuck in the bathtub a couple of times and he put cocoa butter on me and he slipped me out. It's great. He knows what he's doing. And so Wilson likes him. Um, And Grayson likes him because he was a progressive and saw him as a man of science, a man of learning, and a man of action. And uh, so Grayson becomes a close confidant. The physician at the White House becomes a close, relied upon confidant of the president. Grayson, at the same time that Wilson was seeing, I can trust this man, Grayson was noticing, I don't think the president is in tip-top health. He's always complaining of stomach ailments and he's always got headaches and he's always exhausted. And and so Grayson, you know, um, did what every doctor does, which I think, because I've heard it from, have you tried exercising? No, I haven't tried exercising. Look at me. Do I look like somebody who's tried exercising? No, don't say it again or I'll find another doctor. He says, you should exercise. Man, when I die, I'm going to have a conversation with God about that whole exercise thing. But um, you should exercise and you should go on long horseback rides, which is not exercise, I just like to point out. And he says, you, you you have to go out, get some fresh air, exercise. He's getting so sick that he's taken the doctor with him to church. So people must have been really quite stupid. I mean, you're going to church with your wife, and your physician? Oh, okay. So he's going to church all the time. But it turns out that it's not Woodrow 
that gets sick. It's Ellen, his wife. Now, they said that she also had nervous exhaustion. So she has been carrying the weight of the family, carrying the weight of Woodrow. She's got kidney disease now, and she doesn't make it. She dies um, in 1914. Now, have we ever had a president? I mean, not in our lifetime. Um, I don't know how many presidents have lost a spouse, um, but Woodrow Wilson did. And I would imagine that that took a toll on the nation. Maybe it didn't back then as much as it does now, but here's this couple that had been together for a long time, raised daughters, and, and now she passes away, and um, he's single. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> he is, he's not exactly what you would call um, a good guy. When she was really sick, he said, you know what, honey? Uh, doctor says we both need to rest. So why don't you stay here? I'm going to the Bahamas or Bermuda. Oh, okay, thanks, Woody. So he goes to the beach. And now just picture this in your mind. Slow motion, Woodrow Wilson walking down on the beach. Good luck, right? He meets somebody there. Mary Peck. Oh my, ooh, you're so tall and lanky and creepy looking. And um, she falls in love with him, he falls in love with her, and they become pin pals. You know what, we should publish on glenbeck.com, we should put some of those letters because <laughs> they're beautiful. So he continues to be the president and go on and mourn for his wife and, of course, <laughs> go to church because he's a good church-going guy. But now he's on the prowl for a new wife. <laughs> I mean, my wife has been dead for like three weeks. <laughs> when do I have to stop mourning? He is introduced to Edith Galt. She's a friend of Wilson's cousin, who is still dressed in black and mourning and living in Washington, D.C. And Wilson is like, psst, who's the hot Edith, babe? And Grace and the doctor's like, uh, that's a friend of, that's a friend of mine. Oh. Well, I wouldn't mind it if she stopped by the White House where I could meet her. She happens to pop by the White House with, with um, Wilson's cousin, and they're introduced. And he, she describes that they had come in, and uh, he and Grayson, Wilson and Grayson, had just been golfing. He golfed more than President Obama, like an extraordinary amount of golfing. Like he had to play like three games a day practically, but that's a different story. He had just called, from, come back from the golf course and Edith later described him as looking like he has, was dressed in golf clothing that a blind man had made. So he's extra hot at this moment. And he walks up, hi, I'm Woodrow Wilson. Oh, you're dreamy. 
and it's love at first sight. And um, he says, why don't you come around sometime? I could tell you boring stories and be kind of spooky as I leer at you. And uh, so they decide to have lunch. Uh, they have more lunches. Um, and um, he decides to propose. Now, Wilson was born into a family in Virginia. And um, he was born into a family that, you know, was in the clan, but who wasn't back then, right? Am I right? And so <clears throat> I'm just guessing, you know, on the wedding list, he wasn't asking for sheets. His family had a lot of them. Um, and so they decide to get married. She's a little, um, she's in some ways a little spooky and perhaps even more spooky than um, than he is in some of his beliefs. Remember, this is the progressive era, so they're, they're weeding out the undesirables. Um, he invites Edith to see a new movie premiere, and it's the, it's the premiere of a brand new movie, and it is epic. It is the first big, big screen adventure, and it's called Birth of a Nation. And Woodrow Wilson is going to impress Edith by telling her, you know what, this is inspired on my work because I wrote a five-volume series that is so exciting on American history. And it tells, in volume five, the history of the Ku Klux Klan. And I don't know if you know this, Edith, but they were good guys. They were the heroes of the South. Uh, no, that sounds okay. <laughs> they go to the premiere, and it's the first movie ever to be shown in the White House. And it's D.W. Griffith, and everybody loves it, and racism is alive and well in the White House. He said it was like writing um, history with lightning. And his only regret his only regret in writing it is that it's just all so terribly true. He is the guy who is trying to boost the Klan's numbers because he has just resegregated the military. He has also resegregated the government. If you were working, if you were black and you were working in the government with white people, he put a stop to it. Well, Edith gets a package, and in it is a book, one of Wilson's favorites. And if you really want to ever woo a woman, men, listen up. You send her notes of rural life in France, in peace and war. She thought, this guy is dreamy. I've got to catch him before he gets away. She was flattered, probably bored to tears, but flattered. And he invited her to the White House where he said, it's time to get really serious and marry me. She said, oh, no, 
because she was concerned that it was going to hurt his, you know, credibility with the American people because it had only been about a year since his wife died. Um, and he was supposed to still be in mourning. He asks her to marry him. He pops down on one knee on the portico and no one's around. And he says, oh, Edith, Edith, I love you. And um, she is trying to act surprised. She knows what's, I mean, you don't get a romantic book, a hot steamy book like that and not know this guy is ready to propose. And she says, well, well I don't know, Woodrow. And he said, I need you. She said, well, you're still kind of mourning your wife. He says, I know, but Edith, I need you. Well, if I must give you an answer tonight, then the answer must be no. He says, well, you don't have to answer tonight, but don't answer me tonight. Think about it for a while. She was... She was holding out, I think, because not only was he still supposed to be in mourning, but there was also some people around that she didn't like. Um, House, Colonel Edward House, which is a huge name in the progressive world. Really, really bad guy. Um, uh, he was a good friend of Woodrow Wilson. And she knew she better make friends with House and try to win him over. So she invited him to tea. And they sat there for a while, and she was smart enough to kind of make this House's idea somehow or another. She knew that House could derail the whole thing, and she was concerned about how the DC society ladies would think about this, the press and the, the daughters of Woodrow Wilson, who, I mean, Ellen's still, you know, she's barely cold in her grave. And here's Wilson proposing. House says to her, I think, I think what this president is going to do, I'm not making this up, will be one of the greatest things since the coming of Christ. Wow. He's not, he's not too high on uh, Woodrow Wilson. And he says, and he needs a strong woman standing next to him. And it's your destiny to hold in the palm of your hand the weal or the woe of the country. And I believe, Edith, you have the potential to help him be the great man of destiny he needs to be. Edith smiled and said, oh, well, if you really think so. And they're married. Edith drove around the... Um, the city. She finally ended up at the um, White House. So they get in the car and um, House drops her off and then he goes to the White House. He knows exactly what's going on, but he also knows Edith is dangerous and he doesn't approve. Nothing has changed for House. So he goes back and he says to Wilson's staff, who's Mary Peck? Now Mary Peck is the woman from Bermuda. He said, we need to tell the president 
that all of his letters to Mary Peck, which are, ugh, are going to be exposed, that Mary is going to expose all of those things. And she's going to, she's, th she's threatening to sell them to the highest bidder. And you can't do anything. Because if you get married, <laughs> if those things are exposed, well, Woodrow Wilson heard that argument and was mainly concerned about Edith. And he went to Edith and he said, I have to tell you, I'm, I've been a dirtbag. I'm still a dirtbag, but I've been a dirtbag. I wrote these horrible you know, letters, but we never did anything. We're just friends. Um, and she believes him. And so he says, doesn't matter if they come out. I was in mourning. Maybe you could say I was a lunatic temporarily. I mean, it seemed to be going around. Um, and I'm going to get married. So they get married. And this is where we begin our tale of the first lady and the first woman president. The IRS is the most feared agency in the world. You've heard ads from other companies offering to help taxpayers only if they owe over $10,000. Here at Platinum Tax Defenders, we're A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and we're proud to be one of the only tax firms in the country who understands that people who owe less than $10,000 need help just as badly. The IRS doesn't care how much money you owe. They'll still garnish your wages and even seize your assets. So whether you owe just a few thousand dollars or hundreds of thousands, call now for your free tax consultation. If you qualify, we may even be able to reduce your tax debt down to a small fraction of what you owe. So don't wait until the IRS seizes your property and garnishes your wages. Call 800-579-4967 and get your tax problem resolved once and for all. That number again is 800-579-4967. 800-579-4967. Four nine six seven.